I have been waiting to talk to you since they announced the show. And the reason is because I saw you for the first time on um, Ladies Night Out. Now, I know I was probably late to the party, but I was a huge, and I still am, a huge Bill Bellamy fan. So anything Bill does, I'm there. Uh, he's worked with my uncle on films and all kind of stuff. So I, I was like, okay, Bill is doing this this thing. He's bringing all these comedians together. Let me see who they are. And when I saw you, I was with my husband and we weren't married at the time. And he was like, I think this man is about to blow. And I agree. Fast forward to the domino effect. We were, I mean, we watched it twice. We watched it. So that's how you know something is good when you watch it over and over and over again. We even watched it a couple of days ago because I knew I was going to be talking to you. What do you think it is about the domino effect that just captured people? One or two. For the for us, it was one. It was the first domino effect. Okay. Um, because it's different for different people. First, some mm-hmm. people saw some people saw two first, and um, with the with with one domino effect, the honesty of it, it was a walk through childhood that nobody has ever really um seeing somebody walk through it from their childhood to say what they um adult mistakes were. You know, mm-hmm. it was a it just one of them pieces that I really don't know what do it for people. I just know what it did what did it for me. What made me wanna um do it is that it was the honesty of it. Like I'm gonna just be honest and <laughs> start I'm gonna start at 10. Yeah. Just gonna, gonna go gonna go up from there because that's what I felt like Changed the course of my my trajectory in life, and I think a lot of people went back to that time in their life where they're like, you know what what was, you know what was the year that changed me? You know, yeah. I, I kind of think I made people think about what year, good for good or bad. You know, this was the it was people used to tell me, hey man, I remember I was eleven and I met this band director. This changed my life. You know, how I started playing the drums and. You know, and I went back to that moment in in Domino Effect when you said, "Hey, man, I, I'm I can pinpoint when things change for me." And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, became able to do that. So I think that was one of the appeals to it. I, I think that I was a um, a fresh take on things at that time. Because still, right now, I'm the I, I talk just about me. I don't have another yeah. subject matter at this time. <laughs> just like I'm not I'm. I'm walking through the the portions of my life, and I, I think that is is interesting to people that I my, my take on it. So I think people watch Domino Effect for that interesting take on life from a kid, seeing it through the eyes of an adult. I think I think one of the things for me with Domino Effect, and I'm a parent now, so I I have these different conversations with my kids, and you know, as a parent, because you're a parent too. There are some things that we normally think that we don't say to our kids. So we might make a rule or put something in practice because we want a certain outcome. But we normally don't have the conversation about why those things exist. It's a, you know, in our community, it's because I said so, right? But we don't really have the conversation about the domino effect. And one of the things that I love about how you did the stand-up was you told what you were thinking. When you talk about... Um, I've seen a lot of interviews where you talk about when you were in the cafeteria 
and you heard somebody over there say, say it again. You know, those types of things. We normally don't include those little strings of information in our conversation, but those little things were woven all through your comedy specials. And that's what I love most about you is you say the things you were thinking at the time that you could see that line going from that moment to where you are now. Why do you think people don't have those internal conversations just naturally with each other? People don't want to be, people don't want to be honest with themselves. You know, in, in my career, the people that's close to me know that they've heard me in rooms having full-fledged, blown-out arguments about what I did that was good and what I did that was bad. And they would come in the room and be like, man, who's in here? <laughs> and it's just you? It's me. Just mm-hmm. me like, yo, man, what was you thinking when you did? And then you don't even go like that. It's the it's the real conversations that I have with myself. And um I, I, I just I remember it, in stand up, I asked myself after I do a show, how was that? Mm. And would you pay to see it again? That part. How much would you pay for that? Like it, it, I have I have 15 comedy albums, but only nine of them are out because the first ones were not up to my standards. It, 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 it just, I, I ain't gonna pay for that. I ain't gonna pay for that. I ain't got, I, as a consumer, I'm not, yes. I, look at, I look at myself and say, man, I ain't paying for that. If no. more comedians did that, if more comedians did that, I think the bar would be raised. The bar right? would be higher. It would yes. be way higher. In Houston, the bar is high because I'm there. And I and I and I ask, I ask people why why you don't why you think that was good like like if you think it's good just tell me why you think it was good. Mm-hmm. I like you do you do everything right. No, the reason why you don't see the bad stuff is because I ask myself. Nah. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like a chef. I'm like a chef. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, nah, I need more salt. I don't know mm-hmm. what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with that in the and I and and I think it's only one community that's crippled by they don't get a chance to develop. I got a chance to develop as a stand-up because I wasn't doing five and two and three and six minute sets places. I was going places where I could get on stage and do 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I got a room. I got a room so I could have more time to develop what I was doing, and I didn't want to work out in front of comics. I wanted to work out in front of people. You know. So what do you what have... do you lose when you do? Because I'm not a comic, so I don't know. So what do you lose when you have a set that's five or six minutes versus a full thirty minute set? If you can, as, as most stand up, they they live in places where they go up and they do five, ten. You know, not even ten. They either do five. You gotta you gotta get bigger to do ten. So they're doing like mm-hmm. three and fives and sevens, right? Your uh, uh hour uh, uh a special is an hour. I don't know how long it's gonna take you to develop an hour doing it five to seven minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm doing chunks. I'm I'm doing 30 minutes. So I have you have seven minutes, I have 30 minutes to to work with to, to mold you come back and do that same seven minutes i come back and do 30 minutes 
to mold it. You come back and do that same seven minutes, I come back and do 30 minutes to mold it. So now I got a molded 30 minutes. And let's say in six months, you keep doing seven, six months, I keep doing 30. It's going to take you way longer to mm -hmm. get to build an hour for a special that's good. A special is not even the end all be all. A special is a commercial for people to come see you. And if you, put, yeah. if, you, if you put a special out, if you put a special out in less than a certain amount of time in the, in the actual craft, you're going to have a terrible special. You're going to have a terrible special. There's nothing going to be special about it. The reason why you watch Domino Effect, <laughs> you and your husband watch Domino Effect open up, because it's special. Yes, <laughs> it, yes. I, it has perspective I, to it. So it's, it's not, oh, and da 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 da. It's like, no, it's not. I'm going to tell so, you this. I, I will tell you this. That that little nugget of information made me think, okay, if I have seven minutes for to, you know, to land this joke, the setup in the land, and then I have seven minutes to set up and land this. I don't even know if they work together. When, when I'm putting it together. together. Yeah. So the how do you figure out? The continuity of the, the, the continuity of it. Like, your, your boat is selling like this. You don't know where your boat going. You got mm -hmm. it because a, a special and in stand-up, the stand-up alone is something that's special. And I think that we have been prostituted a lot in our craft to where think that people diminish us and what we do so much that they we're the only actual craft that people say you should be that off of one you ain't wrong you, ain't you wrong. can ask somebody at your job to say something humorous oh, you should be a comedian Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's true <laughs> you've never seen a person a butcher a person with a knife you've never seen the people cutting things and say man you cut so good man you know you should be a surgeon right <laughs> you never so mm -hmm. everybody who does something that's funny at that particular time people just say hey you should be a comic so then everybody gave they shot at it because it's, you know, one of them things where people say, it's gatekeepers in comedy. Well, why the hell didn't the gatekeep so many people out? Like, it's so many people doing stand-up. I'm like, if I was, if I would have slammed the door on a lot of people, man. I'd be like, man, wait, <laughs> man, wait. But, it, <laughs> but uh, you, you can come from a reality show. You can, you can be doing a reality show one second and decide, man, I want to be a comedian. I'm going on tour. Ali, don't do it. Don't do you it. You could be a construction. You could be. I don't care if don't Joe Biden, if Joe <laughs> Biden, is so tomorrow, comic baby, come see me at come see me at the, at the DC Improv. Hold up. If Shannon Stark, if Shannon Stark right now said, "I'm gonna be a comedian," is that I don't know what to do? I'm gonna be a comedian. And he goes, and he Ali, I do a book it. They coming. Man, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What do you think it is right now about comedians finally cracking the door open about what goes on behind the scenes? We've known for the mute for years. I work for a radio station. I'm an artist. 
we've known for years that artists have been getting the short end of the stick when it comes to finances. Taraji and and Monique are talking about actresses getting the short end of the stick. Now we have comedians finally giving us a little peek behind the curtain that there's comedian beef, that there are people still in jokes, that all, like y'all community might know this, but we didn't know this. Why do you think now is the time where, where we're getting this peek behind the door? Is it clout? Is it, you know, everybody is vying for attention, so they're doing whatever they need to do to get it? Or do you think it's just the time that people learn about the industry in a very real way that we have never known before because it's comedy. We're used to laughing and celebrating our comics. What do you think it is right now? I think that people, one, I think it's a lot of lies in stand-up. I think that what the problem is, Monique is bringing her comedy, her, her actress shit to comedy. Cat Williams is bringing his acting shit to comedy. These are comedic actors and actors saying this shit. The comic's not saying it. It's like people, people, when you trying to make this shit street and trying to bring shit that don't, re- I know where this, this, this 2024 started off with this toxic nonsense. I watch people not doing what they should do. And then sit on a sit on a couch and attack everybody but who runs the industry. Mm. Nobody runs comedy. So comics, comics are not really beefing. It's somebody trying to make chaos. Comics has always had things, because that's people. That's mm-hmm. just that that's what comics have had. Always. Hundreds of years. But see. Excuse my French. They want to talk about this shit, but what about Jerry Lewis? Mm. That was what about all the what about all the what about all the the things that that other comics that of other hues have come in comedy clubs and saying and seen black acts and then did that did they thing with 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 our with our material? Yeah, I'm saying so. For somebody to sit up and see when when what's called attacked him, he attacked him about the movie shit. What about no comedy shit? Then you attack the man based on body language. Because you knew that people would gravitate to you because the low vibration people, the bottom feeders, gravitated towards your nonsense. Because those are the people who believe that you are a fucking pimp. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Milwaukee not... knows Milwaukee knows pimps. Right. 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 So you talk about somebody stealing something from you, but you have stole somebody's whole cachet because you've never pimped. Ali, why you why you like that about it? Because I hear all these dudes talking about going to going to jail. You know, prison is different from jail. I've oh, never we... I've never heard y'all talk about this before until Mexican got on let's, let's do it. Let's do it. We here now. Mexican got on boots. Now all yeah. of a sudden everybody's been to jail. Everybody got locked up story. Everybody got one. Everybody got one. Right? I'm incarcerated for six years in a dog kennel. But now I'm watching everybody have and then people get on shows with me and want to tell a jail story, not thinking, hey my boy. 17 years. Never it, it took me 17 years if I told one jail story in public. Seventeen. So then, to 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 get everybody out of here, 
let me let me go a little deeper with with domino effect too. Let's do it. Okay, let me go a little deeper with domino effect three. Mm-hmm. Let me let me take you. Let me domino effect three and four. Let me take you inside the walls for the next six years and see what and see what happens. So then I want to see all the story, all this mythological story, jail story y'all got now because you not you don't have the scars, the mental scars for it. But you a dog, right? <laughs> You've been there, right? No, you was in jail, my boy. Not jail, prison. prison, different. People are like, what's the difference? Hope, no hope. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm getting out because my attorney and all the rest of this guy got. I think I can call home. I got all type of good stuff going on. People come visit me very easy. Prison, hope is over. You're doing your survival. time, sir. Survival, hope, survive now. Mm-hmm. Hope I get out. Hope I survive. Mm-hmm. Two different things. <laughs> Two different yeah. things. <laughs> and, and I tell people this, and I make this point very clear: when you are looking for something salacious, when you when you are trying to diminish the light of a people, and then turn around and say that you love us, and you diminish you diminish it, you set up and you attack only us, only us. And this whole thing, this is what you this is what you didn't care about the industry. This whole thing you went on. For three hours or for two hours, and and spewed personal things that you have with somebody. I told, I said in ba- I said in Baltimore, Baltimore, because the dude, and I only said it because the dude hollered out his name, and I said, well, let's be real about this, Baltimore. What came out first, Comic View or Def Jam? Def Jam mm-hmm. was out before Comic View. Mm-hmm. So, if one person is talking about a, com- a car being so loud that you can't hear it cut off, <laughs> the context of the thing, we're going to talk about context, not body language no more, we're going to talk about context. The mm-hmm. context is your car is so loud, your music so loud, that you can't hear when your car cut off. In my eyes, as a comic, as an actor, as a a, 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 a person that make that, that knows sense. The only way that I can portray riding in a car, I can't do it like this. Right. I can't do it like this. Right. I can't do it like this. The only right. way I can do portraying the ride in the car is like this. All right. Mm-hmm. So now, if I'm talking about black people can drive anything, even a spaceship, even a spaceship. We would drive a spaceship. We don't care how long it is. We'll drive it like it's a deuce in the quarter. Yeah. Music comes on. It's two different jokes. But the only thing that makes it the... is the posture. Okay, so let's take that away. So this this is 2000, 2000. How many so let's go back to the 90s. I'm in the car. I'm riding. And I said, oh no, motherfucker. And take my wig off. 90s. Mm-hmm. Early nineties. Mm-hmm. Because I know it's early nineties because I went to the I went to prison, and I only saw this before I went to prison. Is that so? So yeah. I know Miss Lo- I know Miss Laura. I know Miss Laura did it on Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you go? Mm-hmm. Did they steal? Did they, did they steal it from her? Did they, did, was the joke? Was the car driving joke stole from Miss Laura? Or are you? 
trying to make a beef because everybody that you everybody that you mentioned has other things going on on a bigger plateau. Sid has a number one sitcom show on ABC. Steve Harvey owns everything. <laughs> own him, and, him and Byron Allen own everything. Uh, family Feud Africa. Family Feud. You I've say seen Family Feud Africa before. I, I didn't know that was a thing. But yes, yes, you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> he's a, he's a global comedian. He's a global comedian. He's global. Mm-hmm. His his mistakes have been bigger moments. Mm-hmm. He can't even Steve Harvey don't even know how much money he got no more. <laughs> he he like El Chapo. He just wed by the they just wed. How much mm-hmm. is that? How much is that from 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 Family Feud Africa? Okay, how much did I make from Family Feud Europe? How much did I make from Family Feud? Right. <laughs> right. Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Um, my kids retreat. So I, I tell people this: when you look at something, and black people just who? Because you were sitting around waiting on something to diminish your people, and this is the last. This is the last safe space that y'all that y'all need to try to come into with other activities. Comedy is not a street game. I'm a street dude and I didn't put down street activities to do stand up because I know what type of I know what type of power this this has, this type of medicine has. So mm-hmm. now now we have a bunch of rogue doctors out here not delivering no medicine. Comedy is a medicine. Laughter is a medicine. This is this is the third thing on every woman's list. Of what what her man should be. This is the third thing. On her list. So how does the third mm-hmm. thing on your list become toxic? The third thing. So mm-hmm. now we want comedy to be like the rap game. No, comedy is going to stay like old, the beginning R&B. That's how it's going to stay. It's going to stay like beginning R&B. Marvin Gaye had no problems. Singing with no guy. <laughs> Patty LaBelle ain't had no problem singing I with no I will tell you, I will tell you, I did not watch any of them. I've seen like little clips here and there because That's I've me. just been, I've just been kind of, you know, they come up on my feed every once in a while, but I can't sit through that. Like the I, way I, the way I process information, the way, even the way I interview, I don't, I don't like to to go down that route. I'm not I'm not one of those people who want to try to catch you doing something then send it to tea or shade room. That's not that's not how I, comedy for me is joy. It is it is especially when I'm talking to comedians that look like me, it is the representation of black joy that we need more of. We have so much of the other stuff where is our joy? And for me, I love to live in a comedy club. I love to support comedians. I just love comedy. It's one of the reasons me and my husband, our husband and wife, we both love comedy. And he is one of those people who thinks he's what we call in our house, $10 funny. And $10 funny me, I will pay to see you. And I'm like, bro, you 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 one or two dollar funny. Like you can make a joke at the family reunion. You are not $10 funny. So I know what you're talking about when you say you edit out your material because you don't feel like it. He's he's two dollar funny, but you are his favorite. You 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 are the top of the tier for him. If he had a Mount Rushmore, Ali Sadiq is the first 
face on his Mount Rushmore because he said he said for him, what domino effect did for him was it showed the amount of compassion that you had for all of these different figures in your life, even down to the interaction at at Walmart. You know, it's it's the compassion, the adulthood that you grew into as a man, um, the compassion that you have for your father and and the experience that he gave you when he was like, look, if somebody not going to win, do what you need to do. He said the compassion, you know, that you had for seeing your old nemesis in a walker and like the manhood of I, I still will, you know, I still will fuck you up. <laughs> but but the idea that you humanize, you humanize these people in your life in a real way that we normally don't go back. We still think of that high school bully as the high school bully and not a grown man that was possibly, you know, dealing with some real shit. And the idea that you gave humanity to all these characters and you made us feel like we knew these people through you was genius. And he said, it's very difficult to watch a stand-up comic um, make people come to life in front of you without them being there. And that was something that you were able to do brilliantly, seamlessly, and it seemed like with no effort. So what do you think it takes to be able to be that in introspective to bring people out because a lot of comedians try to do it but it misses you feel like they're telling you a story about a cartoon character not a 3d human that you can see in the room next to them while while you're talking and that's something you were able to do um work time effort um reading um stories and understanding the details looking at things and want want to know you know what how did that happen and <laughs> me to be saying I don't want to leave people like that I want them when I when I start to tell a story is basically me painting this canvas on this canvas and I want you to actually be there it's something about mm-hmm. me trying to put you in my skin with me so you can see it you know, I, I I like this this analogy that this this guy gave me. He said, "You know what I like about you? You have this will to want me to smell it, taste it, mm-hmm. be able to touch it. You you put me in the place, and it's the always the little details that you put in there. For the other thing is the authenticity of that detail." Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm allowing people to understand this is a true story because it's a part that this is the part that nobody would write. So I go off into whatever the story is. It's going to be a nugget in there that I'm like, so, and then I realized it was a beach ball in the pool. I, when I was running by, I saw that beach ball. <laughs> I was like, beach ball in the pool. And then, <laughs> then mm-hmm. in my mind, because like, in my mind, we in the hood, is a beach ball in the pool. Who had this damn beach ball? And, and so, that part of it is if I'm doing something and I noticed a beach ball in a pool, how can I make that? How, how would that be able to be made up? Right. For you to throw a beach ball in there because it would be so out of sync in everything. It wouldn't even make sense to say it. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but in the truth of the story, 
It was a beach ball in the pool. <laughs> it was a beach ball in the pool. <laughs> you said something. <laughs> you you said something about um when you were in school, there was a student. I think his name was Travis. You said Travis walked around with this sense of confidence that um he was himself and he was the nerdy guy in school. And I was wondering, have you gotten to the point where you have that Travis-like confidence? Um, and, and if so, when did that switch come on? Internally, not as a comic, just as somebody walking around with this confidence in who you are and not really caring about what anybody else thinks. 21. What happened I'm, at 21? I'm in prison. I'm 21. And... I never forget this guy named Blackshire. Blackshire said to me, he said, man, you know, a lot of people move on how you move. I said, what? He said, a lot of people move on how you move. Because you're such a confident person. He said, man, when you walked in this prison and you came on the rec yard, he was probably almost the smallest dude on his unit. That I could, that I even knew. You was, you was a little bit dude, but you walked on this unit and on that wreck y'all with. I wish y'all would. <laughs> like yeah, everything about you was, I wish y'all would. Like I don't know what it was, and then you, you got you started playing the number one thing that people get in fights about basketball. You playing basketball, and you on the court, and me and Underwood and some other brothers sitting there like this. I'm uh, I'm talking this this after a couple months. Mm. We talking about this. He said, hey man, if we gonna get these youngsters under control on this unit from all this fighting and everything, the first person we gotta get is him. He's the first person we gotta get. We gotta get him under control first. And as we as I pointed to you, you was throwing the basketball at somebody. This that was way bigger than you. <laughs> Talking about keep fouling if you want to. Keep fouling. You threw the ball. You threw the ball. <laughs> and, and that's the next the next day I thought I need to talk to you. And you said, for what? <laughs> and I said, man, this little man is crazy. We talked to you. We got a good understanding with you. And then the basketball court became peaceful. Mm. Because you and Elliot, y'all the two of the littlest people we ever wanted to see in life. Y'all would always pick each other. Because we from the same, me and Elliot from the same neighborhood. We we pick each other. We little. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. How you start off with picking a point guard first? You're like, you know, right. I, we, picking, we picking the two littlest people on the court. No matter mm -hmm. if we got up, we picking each other. Then we pick everybody up. But I know one thing, if me and Elliot on the same team, me and Elliot on that court, if you get out of line, you on another team, oh, me and Elliot going to fight you. Either mm. you just get into it with him, you might as well got into it with me. You get yeah. into it, you might as well get into it. Yeah. We, we from the same day, but it's only us. You're like, okay, all right, whatever. And when Elliot wasn't out there, you would still be a nut. If he wasn't around, <laughs> you will still be a nut. And like, then you got Elliot and you got D. Then you got all of M block because you was on M block and, you, and before I know it, you was working in the front office. Mm. Yeah, but I find safety clerk because they, they tempered my attitude. 
with education. They tempered everything about me with education. And let's go back to your initial question, why I'm like that. I'm like that, and I, and, and it just dawned on me. With blacks in them, I could never not have a um a reason. I had to explain everything. Like I always had to explain something. And then they had me talking. They they would have me doing the the, the speeches for the prayer time. And I would have to do a talk. And so I'd have to I would have to sit down. I would have to really put something together to explain myself to these brothers who way more educated than me and I, I would have to explain it. So when I got shipped to Torres unit, I'm a real adult at this point. Like I'm on a kid's unit where they just fighting and being mayhem, all this mayhem. And I'm sitting back like this. Mm -hmm. I got to get this unit under control. I don't want to be locked down and all this. I say the first thing I got to do, I got to start talking to these gang members. I got to get these Negroes under control. How do you do that? How do you start a conversation with people who have a certain mentality? I know you've been there. I know you've lived the life. I know you have that sense of that sense of not necessarily gang life, um gang member mentality. But but yeah, you and and you have you were in one, but you're talking to everybody, right? So yep. how do you how do you do that? How do you bring these groups together? in a way where you have an environment, it's not going to be totally peaceful, but you have an environment where it is some sense of mutual understanding. You know how you do that? You get One, you got to remove yourself from both parties. Mm. All three parties sometimes. You got to remove yourself from that. And then you have to explain it to people and under, get a, give them a, a, under, a rational understanding. Hey, I understand how this works, but can you explain it to me? Mm. And it's back to asking people to explain. So, so let, let me let me get this straight. And this is a lot of reductive reasoning and just trying to get people to understand things. So give this, I just want you to explain to me. See, this is Black Shud, Underwood, getting a young man to, when you say something, I need you to be able to explain it. And most people don't ask people to explain anything because yeah. they get defensive or, or you retreat or you deflect. I need you to explain it to me. And in your explanation, you start to hear the stupidity in it. You start to rationalize yourself. You're hearing it out loud. I need you to hear it out loud that you are doing something that does not make sense. I need you to I hear the it. other thing, too, is... You you're asking that person, you're putting that person in a position of power to tell you something versus you telling them and you're giving them the sense of authority in the situation and you're giving them some respect. You know, right. When you're asking somebody to explain something to you, you're giving them this sense of you have the upper hand. I want to learn from you. And most of the time we don't do that. We are looking down and telling other people what we want them to know versus looking up and asking for explanation on the situation. And like you said, when you hear yourself say something stupid, you it's instant. It's instant. <laughs> it's, you, you feel like, really, I'm about to get into a fight over this or we're beefing over this. This doesn't. And, and once again, it's that medicine of being jovial. 
people noticed I was like that because I would be the person that if say if you about to get into a fight, I'm told this probably on every interview I've probably been in. People ask me how was I in prison? I'm the person that just throws out the sense real quick. Y'all over there about to fight? I need to know something. I got one question. Hey, um, which one of y'all willing to lose this fight twice? What? Which one of y'all are willing to lose this fight twice? Ali, what are you talking about? I said, okay, let me explain before y'all fight. Y'all gonna fight, right? Somebody's going to win, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's gonna win. And then the officers are gonna come in and beat up both of y'all. So who won two losses versus one? Tell me. Yeah. Because it's gonna be somebody, y'all, somebody gonna get their ass with twice. <laughs> them, officers, them, officers, them officers are coming for they win. They coming for they win. I just want to know. <laughs> I don't give a damn what you say. Them officers, as soon as you finish winning, as soon as you finish winning, you won good. Yeah. <laughs> do they let you? They do they let you fight so they can watch and then they can't come get to the fight. They can't get to it fast enough. They can't stop you. Right? You gonna you gonna fight and then they gonna come in with a stick. It's gonna be a bunch of them. They gonna have sticks and. All type of stuff that's going to hurt. And they're going to, it, it might as well be a cartoon. They might as well come up, Bugs Bunny should pop up and just say, how many, <laughs> how many lumps do you want? One or two. <laughs> Let's go back to, um, oh, I'm not, not going to hold you too long, but I do want to touch on the fact that you had some very interesting to, things to say about parenthood. And I want to go back to your parents because your parents and the way you describe them are polar opposite. You talked about having to have a job to money launder because your mama was not going to play. Your mama was, look, she she's, she sounds like me. She sounds like what I they call me a helicopter mom. And that's fine because I'm going to hover over my babies to make sure they say you said you needed a money laundering job for yourself because you had this stash and your mother would be like, oh, where you get that from? You can't come in the house with a with a uh, a sucker without her being like, Wait, how you pay for that? Right. So and then on the flip side, you had your father who was like, look, this is on the dresser. Use it if you have to. I'll be back. I'll be out of town. How, how did that shape your parenting? I heard you tell a story about your daughter pretending you was the uncle because she wanted to be cool and fit in. How did that shape your parenting? Because you are funny as a parent. And I could see where you would get it from with these two entities because it, the way you describe them is hilarious. But how are you as a parent? And what did you get from your parents? Me as a parent is both of them in one person, which <laughs> okay. is a little more understanding. It, 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 it's mm. not a lot. It's a little more. Um, you said a little more. <laughs> a little more. Because I can see. my. This is how I am about a parent. As, as a parent. You might as well just be honest because I've done everything. That's what can't I get, say. You can't, get, you can't get around me because I've done everything. And I'll just be like this. You gonna, okay, explain it. See, this this is the number one word in my it, it, every every child hates to even hear explain it in my <laughs> because I'm so nonchalant 
you don't have to lie to me. I, like, let me give you an example of how I am as a parent. I can give you more of an example. So my son, I come in and to the garage and something is burnt in the garage with a lighter. It's a lot of kids in the house. I just open the door and say, come here. He come outside. I'm in the garage. I say, how's on? You like fire, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I say, son, I like fire too. Your dad is always like fire. Little fire bug. You know what I'm saying? And fire is dangerous, son. It's purifying. It's dangerous. It's it's mystical. You like to look at it, but it's dangerous, son. You like fire, son? I say, you know how I know you like fire, son? I didn't have to call nobody else out here. When I found this burnt stuff right here, <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew it, I knew exactly who to call out here, son. Mm-hmm. Son, let me give you a story. I burnt my sister's room up, flicking matches, and one of the little embers came and stuffed animals in the corner. Went my up so brother fast. did. My brother lit his room on fire. Yep. Yep. And and and. I said, my mom is in the other room. I'm so scared that I locked the door. Yep, he did the same thing. He my did the same thing. Begging, baby, just open the door, baby. I'm not gonna spank you. I said, mama, you promise. My mama, my mama, my mama did not spank me. Yeah. The five, the five people came and had to put that fire out, and my mama gave her word that she was not gonna spank me, and she kept her word. Oh, but my mama cold piece of work. My mama called my daddy. My daddy ain't saying shit. My daddy ain't getting no type of words. See, my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> my mama then pulled a trunk car. She didn't call this thing. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> the type of ass whooping I saw that I got, it was crazy. Nigga, I don't even turn on the stove. I saw this to me, bro. <laughs> If you burn this house up, oh my god! If you burn this house up, I'm beating the shit out you because I'm telling you now, son. <laughs> fire is dangerous. And I'm giving you all the son. I'm giving you all this that you need right now. This is your first time. This is this probably not your first time. This is me. This is the first time me finding out about it, son. Now, what I'm gonna say to you, son, if you want to be a firefighter, if you want to do anything that you want to do with fire, I'll take you somewhere mm-hmm. for you to do. But what you're not gonna do. Is burned down this house, son. Mm-hmm. Not this house. And no other house. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Yep. Uh, now, months later, we come back again. I see a, I'm talking this, and this Negro has lost his damn mind. <laughs> what have, what you do? I have a couch, I have a chair, a velvet chair that's inside of a box that is getting shipped back. Right above the garage is Hanan's room. I come out and this nigga to set trying to set the box on fire. I can see the burn marks at the bottom of the box. At the bottom of the box, right? I can see. <laughs> and it's something it's something in front of it and everything. Like this is kind of He tried to it. hide it. He put something in front of it. But this oh is being Lord. shipped. It's being shipped back somewhere. Look at a burn mark on a big ass box. Right. I come out. So this time, after you see this, Hassan, you see that right. So it's a velvet chair in here, Hassan. So the catch on fire, the the velvet catch on fire, poof, up and fast. Yep. The rock, it's gonna it's gonna go straight up. Right up to yep. Who's above this room? This is Hanan's room, Hassan. So Hassan, 
because you didn't listen to me the first time. <laughs> now we got to touch some things. Now we got to touch some things. Move some furniture. Yeah, we got to move. We got to move the box. We got to move the. We got to move box. We got to move some things now. And then I got to. Sh- I got to show you, and you got to feel the strength of your father to say, mm-hmm. "Bring you here and say, listen to me, son. Just out of love, baby." Because see, what you're doing, I'm not going to allow you to disrespect me. This is my house. I'm not going to let you kill one of your sisters. Yeah. I'm not going to let you do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. My son, with your father, I'm going to tell you this. My son, I love you. You my, you my family. You my you my blood. You my, from my loins. But your father cannot, I just disrespect. Bro, I don't know what it is, Hassan. This ain't got nothing to do with you. When you disrespect me after I tell you something, now you're just a regular street nigga in the street because now you're being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I can't back. I don't know how to deal with it no other way than this because I talk first, Hassan. I talk light, I talk, and I do it with love. But now, when I see that you don't understand that, now you got to be regular. Because see, that's my mom. My mama make you regular in a minute. My mama forget <laughs> that you're my baby. My mama make you as a regular person. It was my daddy. My daddy was just a my daddy was just a smooth street talk. See, people think that my my, my daddy, because my daddy was in the streets, he wasn't the one that get at you. My you see, I had to beg my mama not to whoop me because I knew she because my mama is 4'11. She is, I just need to get at your jawbone. I don't got time all this. <laughs> I, just, I just need to, I just need to. My mama just, my mama need to get up, get a, <laughs> get a mama, little position, get a nice little position. My, my mama trying to get an angle. She ain't got that. <laughs> right. My daddy's dad six three. My daddy's six three. He just, you know, he just tower. Tower. So my yeah. Mama, my mama's just, she trying to, hey, why? Grounded, why, grounded. Why, grounded. Why Her legs. Yes. Why, why your feet sit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I told my daughter, um, I have a I have a 12-year-old. She'll be 13 next month. She's taller than me. And then I have twin toddlers. And you are exactly right. When something happens in your household, you know who did it based on their personalities and what they into. And my young one, I, I call my twins Biggie and Tupac because they like East Coast, West Coast. They, 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 they own. You know, one of them a little bit bigger, a little chunkier. The other one's skinny and feisty, right? He is a habitual line crosser. Um, my my youngest one, Nazir. So Nazir is, he's the one that is more rational. Nazir will think three, four, five steps down the line now. If I do this, that domino effect is going to lead to this. Do I want to deal with this? Cairo, mm-mm. Cairo is the impulse buy. He is the reason they have candy at the register. I see it. I want it now. That's Cairo. So whenever something happened, you can tell who did it, who was like, mm, you know, I'll deal with this at the end. Or if it's like, yep, I'm going to eat five chips out the bag, throw that bag away. And that's Cairo, right? You you can tell. So when you when you said, mm, when I saw that burn, I knew who did it. That exactly. That parenting skill is something that I can't even, I heard you say this too. It is difficult to have friendships with people who aren't parents because they think differently. They, they think don't, different. Yes. And their sense of empathy and sympathy and, and how they process information just doesn't work for me. I can't. <laughs> you ain't got no children. Ah, 
Get out of my face. Don't tell mm-hmm. me nothing about because cause, cause people don't know. And I say, hey, parenting for me is not really the frustrating thing. That, 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 man, I love these kids and mm-hmm. I'll do it. The part that bothers me is society, the ability for society to interject something frivolously into the atmosphere without no repercussions and you have to deal with it. Like it, it, I find myself always saying, where did you get, what, where does this shit come from? Like, mm. no way, nigga, what the, what? <laughs> like, what, what are you watching? Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, I know you've never seen that happen in this house. Yeah. What? Who? What? <laughs> my six-year-old told me, mama, you capping. I said, and then my husband heard him say capping, and he did like this. And my daughter was like, what are you doing? He was like, when we said capping, you know, you had to duck. What 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 do you, what do you mean? And he was like, that means you're just not telling the truth. And I said, but we've never said that. Where did you get six year olds in school talking about that's cap, this cap, that's cap? See, and I'm like, ah, we don't talk like that. Well, we don't even it. we don't even use that language. So, like, what what and, is what is this? And they ain't got the right definition. Oh, that's cap. My husband capping, said, when they capping, capping you 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 duck <laughs> when no, they capping. And I was how old is how is your um husband? My husband is forty. He'll be forty six. Oh yeah, he, he's we're a, the same he, age. He the he the little generation right before us. Okay, Happen was in in our neighborhood was a good thing. Mm. He'll be capping because you had something you can't that you you had to have it. To cap with it, you can't. You can't cap with it if you don't have it. You know what I'm saying so. You like if I come down. If I when I bought my when I bought my BMW, nigga, I was capping. Nigga, I come through, nigga, with the BM. I'm hey. 17 with a BMW, nigga. I'm capping, nigga. <laughs> Y'all know what this is, nigga. I'm shining on you, boy. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. Now they didn't change capping into like you lying. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh, that's cap. That means that you lie. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this is this is man. When I when I bought the when I bought the sprite, when I bought the sprite, the old school nigga, he sixty. He say nigga, you capping now, boy? I said, yeah. what you doing now? You capping? I bought the sprite, and and dude's like, what's the sprite? This all this all this all old said. He just looked at him like, you see what I'm saying? You see the difference like me. So I saw one. No, Sprite is not that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, yes, I said, baby. Son. Yes, baby. <laughs> I said, but the, the, the Rolex is called a Sprite, son. It's a lefty. It's green and red. It's called a Sprite. Rolex. He's like, oh. <laughs> in, his, in, his, in his mind, is he is anyway. He's like, huh. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna cap it too then. Cause I'm right. gonna struggle. That's, that's mine. 
What can people expect? Because we already know you had a story to tell. You've told so many stories. We feel like we know your life. But clearly, there's much more for us to learn about you. What can we expect when we see you this Friday in Milwaukee? So this Friday in Milwaukee, I will probably be doing um, the new stories for the new special. Um this special won't even come out to 2020, 2025. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, right we now. get a sneak uh, peek. Look. Yeah, I'm going to do a, a portion. Nah, I'm not even going to do a portion. I'm going to do one story from the next four specials in each, oh. each night. Yeah, so Domino Effect 3 is done. Domino Effect 4 is done. Really? So now I'm a... Yeah, yeah. I shot him in. I shot him in DC. Yeah, back. I shot. I shot him um, back to back. I shot Domino Effect three Friday. Then I shot Domino Effect four on Saturday. Oh my God, that's a lot of just material. A, just a, just a heads up. Domino Effect three is probably about an hour thirty. Domino Effect four, hour fifty five. Wow. So these next specials is are uh, my two sons. Um, in the shadows, these are some more, these some funner, you know, things, you know, brighter stories. So then, you know, stuff about me and my brother, you know, so we got some things, you know, the parenting stuff is coming because I'm, yeah. my, my kids have gotten older. I'm, I'm different. It's more kids now. It, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a journey, you know, this thing with my son. And my daughter, I just talking about my two older kids. I don't even understand <laughs> how this even happens. <laughs> my my daughter gave us so it was four years of hell with my daughter out of nowhere. It's like four years of straight absolute hell. <laughs> how old was she when it started? Oh, she's like twelve. Yep, that's where yep. I am. That's where 12, I am. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. If I tell you. That I I, I owe a lady a table. I owe one of my um my daughter's mom. I owe her friend Casey. I owe her the glass table because my daughter did something and they tried to hide her in Casey in Casey's house and I kicked in the door <laughs> and broke the table. It was it was a it was a melee of nonsense because I'm not playing with you about no damn boys. I'm not I'm not I'm not doing it, Shorty, and I already told you. I already told you, and these and these are the differences between parenting as a unit and parenting mm-hmm. separately. If you want the worst trouble in your life, you and your husband be on on a different page when it comes to them kids. You know what I'm saying, if mm-hmm. you say one, if he say one thing, you have to say that thing. Back thing. it up. If Back you it go, up. Hey, no fucking spaghetti strap shirts with your bra showing. You a fucking hooker. <laughs> your, mama, your mama can't. Your mama can't come in and say, "You're so cute." But that is mm-hmm. with your bra, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. Tell everybody to have good children. You have to be on the same accord. I don't give a damn about your ideology, man. I told this lady from the Jump Street, no boys. Mm-hmm. Don't even don't even put it in her mind. Because one of the, one of the most detrimental things in this, and, and I did this before. I, Told, this was a big thing before loss even came out. People don't understand loss. Loss is a 
is an emotional masterpiece for people. Mm-hmm. Let your children have have um adolescent relationships. Let mm-hmm. them have them and see what happens. Don't explain losing things. Don't explain people being able to move away and people passing. Man, number one thing that happens, guarantee, number one guarantee, death is a guarantee for us. Mm-hmm. How do you not discuss it? Yeah. Because you are weak in your mentality. You are weak in your parenting. If you do not discuss death, it is inevitable. And you are delusional if you sit up around and do not teach your children and do not prepare your children and do not prepare yourself. You are delusional because what it what as a parent, don't deal with death and then turn around and lose a child and see how your ass spiral down. Mm -hmm. You're talking to somebody who lost a child. My mama lost a child. I lost one. This shit is unbearable if you don't know about death. If you don't every day, think about it. Every single day, I wake up. The first thing on my mind is death because I live a better life because I think about death because I know Ali Sadiq does not have the time. I don't have the time that I think that I have to be in anything that's not promoting my life or my children because I'm going to die. I'm not going to die beefing with nobody. I'm not going to die Lord have mercy, they don't want me to live. Yeah. Yeah, so that is the thing. I think that you are not- 100% correct. We have discussed um, death with our daughter. Her name is Karma. And Karma is very clear that um, we all have an expiration date. And she's very clear that um, what we do now is in service of her and her brother's. So she's very clear that asset development for us is important because we want to have something to pass down to our children. She's very clear that when we go to work, we don't want no phone calls interrupting our day about her behavior because we're trying to make this money to get a house, a bigger house to pass down to her and her siblings. She's very clear that when we leave the house to do things, we're doing things with a purpose and we expect her to live her life in service of her future children and her brothers and sisters to have something to pass down, her brothers to pass down. So for us, asset development, lineage, legacy, all of those things are are tenors that we teach in our home. And we have our three, when we leave the house, everybody leaves the house, we have the three things that we say, happy, healthy, safe. If whatever you do outside this house doesn't make you happy, if it's not healthy and if it's not safe, don't do it. You run it through, you filter it through those tenors, and then you make your decisions. And then once you make that decision, think about what we would say about what you're about to do. Because some stuff will make you happy. It feels good, but it's not safe. And if you still choose to do it, yes, if you still choose to do it, then there will be consequences on the other side of that. And you have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the the number one thing in the black community. I don't know about the northern community. I ain't that ain't my that ain't my um my thing. In the black community, if we teach honor, hey man, don't don't put no smut on my name out there. Just we we are honor, we are honorable family, fam. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I want you to go out there and do what I'm doing for you. Nobody ever comes and say, man, your daddy a sucker. Your daddy, yo, don't nobody come tell you nothing about your daddy. Right. Your daddy's the upstanding man in these streets. Be the same. Mm-hmm. Now that 12, that 12 year old that was out of control, 
<laughs> She's 25 now. Mm-hmm. 25. And in the streets, my 25-year-old is known. Everybody call her Golden Hills. If they don't call her Golden Hills, they call her the Honey Badger. Because one thing she do not play, one thing they know about her, she going to get her business done. Mm-hmm. My daughter is so upstanding. I love when people say, hey, man, I just saw Jane. And I, and I always like, what you doing? Man, you know, about a business. Like, now, I have a son that's 30. No problems. No, I'm talking about absolutely no problems doing adolescence. This nigga um, getting to 23, 23. Mm. This nigga 30. It has been seven years of fucking chaos. <laughs> <laughs> he held it all in. His he mama, waited. He waited. Mama, I, was like, I don't know what's wrong with this nigga. <laughs> I said, you know what's wrong with him? He didn't listen. We told him, hey man, sex is a thing. Da, da, da. Now you got a baby. And then this girl, it wasn't right for you. And da, da, da. Uh, this nigga been crazy ever since. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> it comes late sometimes, parents. Like, <laughs> don't think you, oh, it's 18, you please clear. And then next thing you know, and this no, nigga, don't think you it skipped a- you. <laughs> yeah. You put you your the, your the lady guy. Hey, I need you to come over here. Your son is crazy. Then you get the your son in the back of a police car with his with his with his feet like this. So y'all get the fuck away from all that. That that spit on the window, kicking the window. I'm like, <laughs> so that's what I got to look forward to with Nazir because Nazir is like right now he's a critical thinker. He thinks it through. But 23, I'm gonna be watching him. I'm gonna be watching him because you telling me you telling me if it's not here now, it's coming. Nobody you can escape that window. seven year period. You walk up to the window like this. This is how you walk up to the window. The clock car. And you think, you're like, oh my God, what is, is he crazy? Um, you like this. Something? You like, you like, you asking the police, can I, can I say something to him? Yeah, go ahead. Son? Is that you? Is that you? Oh, and this nigga looking through the window. He's like, take his ass to jail. Take his ass to jail. Oh Lord. Give it's, me your. I told you that you are my my husband's number one. And you are definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Do not get it messed up. The only person that I love, 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 I love me some Richard Pryor. I love Richard Pryor. So that's no. hard. That's like hard to, you know. But for him, you are number one. Who is Ali Sadiq's? Mount Rushmore. Who are your top four comedians? And we'll close out with that. Top four mm-hmm. comedian that would be on Mount Rushmore to me. Dick Gregory. Oh, yes. I, I'm going to put Dick Gregory on the top of Mount Rushmore. Um, Cosby. Yes. On a whole nother level. On a whole nother level. I know this is really not popular with with people. Byron Allen. Hmm. Not oh. for the comedy aspect of it. Okay. I, 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 the when I talk when I think about these people, I think about the aspect of business too, because I'm a businessman. Cosby's on there for a whole different reason other than just stand up. 
dick is on there for a, a whole a reason other than just stand up. Yeah, it's your community. It's your community things too. That I, I can I a I get I get bill whatever mm-hmm. the industry decided to do with that situation and 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 the, the movement and all the rest of that. But you're separating yeah. the comedian. Yeah, from, the, from the, the individual from the work in the from in work. the industry that they've done like the individual would, is here and their work is here it would be disingenuous to me to, for me to ever try to erase that there has been no other black person in the world on no on no platform that has done more for african-american youth when it comes to going to school and educating yourself in college than bill cosby not one, but not one single person. It's true. There's not, there's not, and I call every black person to the table. Not only is he the number one facilitator, he there's no industry, there's no other entity that has ever donated more money to HBCUs than Bill Cosby. There's no entity, not a company, not nothing than Bill Cosby. And I'm talking about unannounced too. Mm-hmm. I don't gotta tell y'all what I'm doing. I'm, but I'm doing. I'm doing. When he got when 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 Morris when when over that college gave back sixty four million, you didn't even know he gave him sixty four million. Yeah. Now, Byron Allen owns the Weather Channel. Byron mm-hmm. Allen owns the Satellite. Byron Allen owns the studio in the middle of Hollywood. Byron Allen is very a very powerful man mm-hmm. in in Hollywood. He and he's navigated. Byron Allen is the suit. When he's like, oh, here come the suits. Uh, the suits are worried about Byron Allen. <laughs> and I'm going to have to say, I have to say, he is a he is a delight to watch. He is a delight to watch. He and he has transcended a lot of bounds, man. It's I know why I know people don't want the white people on my Mount Rushmore. Don Rickles is, 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 is I have a whole other mountain that with Don Rickles and Phyllis Dilla and Moms Mabley and mm-hmm. all those people on there that that the honorable mentions and the Steve Martins and all that and DL lead that that pack. When I look at it, Chappelle has done something that I'm in the lane of that I that I know that I'm having to have to do because Chappelle put it in a, in a perspective that I don't think black people remember that they wasn't messing with Chappelle for the the first whole half of his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. That they didn't start messing with him too until he did the Chappelle show. Chappelle show. I, yep. I was already a Chappelle fan because I understood how interesting this was as a comic and he wasn't, Talking up under the dress, he wasn't slapsticking you. He wasn't buffooning you. He was using words and and being very poised in his words. So that's the the lane that people have placed me. I I know you now. I'm already black. I came from hood. Me and Dave Chappelle are different in that in that aspect. I'm from a, I'm a street dude. He's a suburban dude. Mm-hmm. But the flow of what we're saying is still trying to give you something different and I don't, and I can I can I I, pl- I explain it with lotion. A lot of people are okay with using jergens and 
suave and whatever <laughs> lotion that is. Mm-hmm. But some people use a different brand. Look, look. <laughs> <laughs> you like top tier or no tier. Look, look. And when you, when you, hey man, some people just go to sleep and some people put a serum on their face before they mm-hmm. go to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, but then when you say, man, what type of lotion is that? And da, 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 da. y'all, man, drinking is the best. All I need you to do is come in and wash your hands one time. And then you change won't your use life. <laughs> change your life. Change your you didn't, life. You didn't came in there. You didn't came in there like, mm-hmm. yeah. If, if I slap somebody right now, I'd be doing them a favor. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to wipe the tears out my eyes during the interview, but it keep running down. So I'm trying to do it all on the side, like using my hair. You are you are one of the funniest people to just talk to. And I'm so excited to see you this Friday. I'm I'm so ex- I'm surprising my husband for his birthday. He's gonna be super excited. Um and I, I want to thank you for giving me your time, taking out time. I know you have to go do some sound checks, but I cannot wait to meet you. I want to get a picture. I want to get all the things and I will be there cheering you on and taking a bunch of pictures and showing everybody what you do. Not recording your show. Don't get me wrong. I know. Look, I know the rules, um, but I want to I want to celebrate you because you have been doing your thing for a very long time. And the fact that you already have the domino effect three, four, five. Um, I'm just excited to see your new material or be a part of what you're going to release to the world because you are naturally funny. Just $10 funny. $10 (laughs) funny. And my husband needs to see that he's not, he can never be where you are. (laughs) <laughs> but he can be in the room with you. He can be in proximity. So that's that should be enough for him. 